Welcome back to another ESL podcast, man. I'm your crazy asshole, Arsenio, as usual. And today we're going to be getting into some critical thinking. Guys, evaluating conclusions. All right? So, if we look at arguments and when people are having arguments or debates, once you've identified the conclusion of that specific argument, which of course is mainly formal, it's important to evaluate the logic of it or the logic behind it. Now, one way to do this is to look for flaws in the way it's presented. Because common logical fallacies associated with conclusions are these following four. One, irrelevant conclusions, where the conclusion given is thematically related to the topic, but does not logically follow the evidence. Okay, so let me give you an example. I remember when uh, Denzel Washington had said in the movie, The Great Debaters, still one of my most top three most favorite movies of all time because it was remarkably inspiring to see African-American figures in the early 1900s take down the Harvard Crimson Tide debate team and make a name for themselves straight out of Wiley, Texas, if I'm not mistaken, but Wiley College. Um, And you saw Denzel Washington... He was actually trying to, uh, what is it? He was trying to debunk what Samantha Book, with an E, for all of you out there who actually know the movie, said. And she said, the president of the United States, she was trying to back up her argument. I completely forgot what the argument was. But then he said, so did you hear the president of the United States say that? She was like, no, but he's always on the fireside chat, da 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 She's like, oh. So she didn't have any... When it came to that conclusion, she didn't have anything to back it up. And he went on to say, he said, your syllogism had fallen apart. She's like, a syllogism? She said, he said, your argument has fallen apart, purely predicated on the logic behind it. And then he went on to say, classic fallacy. And so when I was reading this, and I was like, dude, this is so interesting. I have to make a podcast out of this. So that's number one, irrelevant conclusions, because she added that argument at the end of her argument. I'm sorry, she added that comment to sum up her conclusion at the very end, which cost her the debate. So going into the next one, the next bullet point, which is begging the question. What does that mean? Well, it's using the conclusion as evidence without proving it. Now, this is exactly what she had said, too. It's kind of like an irrelevant and begging the question. So let me give you an example of begging the question. One expert suggested X, so let us look at ways to implement this. So again, expert said this, so let, let us look at some ways to implement this. That's called begging the question. Evidence without proving it. You said that uh, researchers said this, but you've given nothing behind that. You look at another one, hasty generalizations. See, that's called jumping to conclusion through poor inductive reasoning. Two people said this, so it must be true, right? So let's go so far to say this. What's happening right now in the world, okay? Now you guys are listening to this in early March, but I'm actually recording this in late February. Now, when it comes to hasty generalizations, the entire coronavirus that had, uh, you, you know, that had taken apart the entire airwaves of everything. Hasty generalizations. So they were saying, oh my God, it's a pandemic, 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 pandemic. I'm like, guys, let's talk about the flu pandemic. Let's talk about that first. 
okay? Because to be honest with you, at least a million people worldwide, between 500,000 and 1 million people worldwide die from the flu every year. You guys never speak about that. That's really interesting. Oh, and not only that, 55 million people, or I'm sorry, 44 million people in America alone were infected or got the flu within a calendar year. That's literally probably about one out of every eight people. But it's interesting because with this whole coronavirus, they call it COVID-19 now, they are very hasty with making generalizations and people are losing their, excuse my French, their shit, meaning they are losing their mind. They cannot think clearly and they're making hasty decisions based on what they are hearing around the world. So a hasty generalization is saying, oh, this is a pandemic. No, nothing is a pandemic. The only pandemic we have right now is the flu pandemic. Now, the moment something actually takes off and, you know, like I could say, you know, the swine flu about 10 years ago, that was pretty much a pandemic. The SARS was not a pandemic. Now, granted, 8,000 people were infected. It had a very high uh, mortality rate in addition with MERS, but not a pandemic. It was localized. Oh, cut somewhat, although it went from Hong Kong to Canada because, you know, you had a lot of super spreaders. But you guys understand, the 1918 bird flu was one of the most significant pandemics in modern times. Now, if you want to go back to, of course, the ancient times, the medieval ages, we had the bubonic plague. Now, the bubonic plague, they call it Black Death. That literally took out a, very, a, a significant, a sizable, a sizable portion of the world economy. I'm sorry, world population. What am I talking about? 20 million people, I believe, I believe. Now, in saying that, those are hasty generalizations. Looking at something, oh, he said it, so therefore it's true. BS, bullshit. Got it? So, in the last one, there's a false cause, which is identifying a non-existent cause-effect relationship, mistaking correlation and causation, or assuming that only one factor led to an effect. So I'm going to be giving you some to give you some examples, okay? There are going to be about five of them, and you're going to have to choose which one of the, from those that I just talked about has been committed within these, okay? Now, again, I'll repeat that last one for you. Non-existent cause and effect relationship. Mistaking the correlation or assuming that only one factor led to an effect. Now, I'm going to recite five of them out loud for you. Then you'll be able to make a couple of decisions. That being said, here we go. Number one, incomes steadily increase for many years. These increases allow people to afford longer commutes, either on public transportation or in private vehicles. Relocations to suburban areas increased as a result. Number two, many experts believe that urban density is preferable to urban sprawl. Thus, there is a need to address the implementation of such an approach. From here on in, this paper will examine how density as an approach can be exploited to its best effect. Number three, urban sprawl has been shown to be harmful to the environment. Research shows that it increases traffic, creates more air and water pollution, and results in a loss of wildlife. For these reasons, agricultural capacity must be protected from the building of new developments. Number four, urban sprawl is a never-ending cycle, hence 
the need to break it by considering alternative options. People move out of densely populated areas due to a loss of green spaces, traffic congestion, and overpopulation. As those people move into the suburbs, research shows those areas too become more densely populated and people leave to move into quieter new suburbs. And the last one, taxes are generally higher in urban areas than in suburbs. A study of 30 people who moved to a suburban area showed that one benefit of moving was the reduction in taxes. This demonstrates a significant need to address the high taxes in cities in order to persuade residents to stay. And with that being said, guys, you have five of them. Now, engage in the conversation, Instagram, again, if you guys are listening to this on a routine basis and you guys would like to know some of these answers, you know how to reach out to me. I see a lot of you are beginning to follow me on my Instagram and make sure that you do. I know I have a lot of ghost followers out there too. That is okay. But nonetheless, I'll be waiting for your responses. And thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my ESL podcast. If you guys want more exclusive material and other things, yes, the business ESL podcast is available in the description. So make sure you tune into that. I'm your host as always, over and out.